Kane is in the building. <laughs> Welcome on to the Sports Show on U Central Radio 99.3 FM. I'm your host, Chris Baker. Alongside me is my co-host, Preston Poole. Preston, how's it going? Good as usual. All right, well, we're going to be talking about sports. We're going to be talking about sports in NBA, NFL, college football, as it stands to happen, only in a couple conferences. And just sports talk around the leagues, both stats, on and off the court talk, things like that. But a little bit about me. My name's Chris Baker, as I said, 24, from upstate New York. I was in the Navy, I got stationed here in Oklahoma, and I stuck around, and now I'm here at U Central Radio. Preston, what about you? You have a little uh, bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm an Oklahoma boy, uh, born here, raised in uh, Moore, Oklahoma. Um, been here at UCO for about two and a half years now, and I graduate in December. Um, and done a little bit of play-by-play for the softball team here, the football team. Uh, currently doing play-by-play for the Blanchard Lions. Um, other than that, that's about it for me. All right. Yeah, well, be sure to follow us on U Central Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and I think at U Central Radio on Facebook. And then myself, you can follow myself on Twitter at the bake is here. That's at the bake is here. Preston is... It's uh, at Preston Pool P-O-O-L-E, uh, 405. All right. Well, for this show... Our, our general talk is just what's going around, what's going on in and around the different sports leagues. Uh, I think for, for myself, I'm more of a fan of college football, NHL, MLB, then basketball. I think basketball probably ranks on my lower end of the spectrum, I guess. But we don't really have much college football. We got more, you know, controversial talk or speculation talk, but we don't really have any concrete football talk yet. Uh, but we do have basketball. We do, yeah. Uh, last night, um, what Monday night, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder even up the series with the Houston Rockets, two to two. Uh, really, in a game that they kind of, uh, I won't, won't say dominated, but they definitely had were very streaky in the way that they played. Uh, they believe they were down what fifteen at one point and ended up coming back to uh, to win the game. Yeah, I think that was it was a big game. I think uh Dennis Schroeder had a huge game off the bench. I mean, he had 30 he had 30 points off the bench. I think he had like 24 minutes, something like that, 30 minutes. And it was just towards the end of the game, it was very insane. I mean, there was a back and forth play with I think it was Steven Adams or uh Danilo Gallinari stole the ball on an inbounds or maybe it was a rebound pass uh from Houston, stole the ball to then be able to take the game to a three-point lead. I think they were only down, or they were only up one, and there was like a minute left. And then Danilo Gallinari stole the ball. They were able to score, bring it to a three-point lead. And I think that right there set that tone for like, oh, Houston needs to score a three to tie it. But, yeah, it's, it, the series is now it's now a series. At first it was, you know, iffy on if OKC would even win a game, and yep. now it's like they might even be able to win the series. Yeah, they. I mean, Oklahoma City is one of the best crunch time teams. I believe during the season they were they had thirty wins. Um, with when I think crunch time in the NBA is defined by the last five minutes, if you're within five points and you win the game. Uh, so they had thirty of those wins during the season. So it's not something that's uh, strange for Oklahoma City. So they're very comfortable in those late game scenarios. Of course, they have you know Chris Paul, who's just a basketball genius. Um, so it makes it easier for them, like at the end of the game. But I mean, 
who knows what this series is going to hold if Russ ends up coming back for game five. Yeah, I think that's that will be a huge uh, game changer for Houston and really for OKC too because they'll have to you know adjust their style to it. But if he, if Russell Westbrook comes back for Houston, that's going to make it an insanely tough uh, end of the series for OKC. But I think uh, I wanted to touch on what your thoughts are about Chris Paul and about him being with OKC. Personally, I'm not from Oklahoma, so I didn't. I never grew up an OKC fan, but I am a fan just be living here and you know just being around the Thunder, uh, Thunder fans, Thunder talk, all that stuff. I think Chris Paul might be one of the best acquisitions OKC could have gotten in terms of having to rebuild. And yeah. they're not even in a rebuild, almost. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that this is this was supposed to be considered the rebuild year for Oklahoma City, and I mean, they're they're fighting to make it into the next round, the second round of the playoffs this year. So it's, it's crazy. But you know, the whole Chris Paul thing at, at first, whenever he got they traded for him, traded Russ for him. Um, eh, you know, I wasn't too sure about it because he is an older player. Um, that's what a lot. That's what a lot of people say. You know, it's hard to trade for an older veteran player but I personally think it was the best option because especially when you guys did trade Paul George and got the plethora of picks and young guys both uh Danilo Gallinari and Shea Shea Gillis Alexander yeah uh I think having someone that can one still play the game at a high level Chris Paul is no joke I mean last night he dropped 26 6 and 3 and I think he played 44 minutes in a that's almost a full game like For, for a play play time wise, um, I think being able to have someone that can still play at a high level and still coach, mentor, and lead the younger guys that are coming up and you know on the team, they're trying to learn the ways of the NBA, learn how to do certain things, learn different uh, antics that can help them. I think Chris Paul is the best for that. I think if there's anyone in the league right now, I think Carmelo would be a good one. Carmelo's, a, I think, a good uh, – he's actually just a baller, really. Yeah. <laughs> but he still can mentor. But Chris Paul is hands down the best choice that you guys could have had. No, yeah, and that's for sure, especially with, you know, having SGA. He's in his second year. Having uh, Lou Dort start, who is a rookie. Having uh, Darius Baisley, who's been uh, a big part of the team. He's also a rookie. So it's nice to have that – you know, older uh, presence in the locker room who's been there, done that, to show those players how to, how it's done in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like, it, in a way, it's kind of the Thunder way to, like, have that kind of um, team because, you know, back when Wade, Russ and KD were young, they had Perkins, uh, who was kind of like that. So they've always had, like, some type of older figurehead, like, on the team to help with, like, the rookies and, and stuff like that. So... It, it makes sense. It's kind of like the Thunder way, uh, if you want to say that. So Yeah, it does make sense. And, and not only do you guys have the younger players and, and Chris Paul, co- you know, mentoring them, you guys have a plethora of draft picks for the future. I think the future looks great for OKC. I don't think uh, I don't think the rebuilding process, even though they're in rebuilding right now and they're still in the playoffs, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like trust – you know, Philly always said trust the process. They're trusting the process and they're still they're still playing. Um, but I think for the future going going forward, I think OKC set up pretty well. I think they're set yeah, up. Yeah, nice. I mean they have to be one of the better, most like set up teams in the NBA. Um, the way you look at it, with all the picks they have and all the young talent that they have. Yeah, and you know one thing about Lou Dort is I know he's like a defensive specialist almost. He's not really the most well rounded offensive player. But he hit a corner three last night with a few – I think it was just over a minute, maybe two minutes left in the game. And 
I think, I mean, the players went wild. I know when I saw it, I went wild. I was like, whoa, that's a huge three. Yeah, but also man. from coming from Lou Dort. I mean, he he's turning to – he's going to get better. If he can figure out his offense and his shooting, he's going to be a very, very good, well-rounded player. Yeah, and he's fought his way up. From, I'd almost compare him to, like, Jalen Brown or something. Yeah, he, he's fought his way up from uh, the D-League team or G-League, whatever they call it. Yeah, now. G-League. Uh, he fought his way up from there. He's a two-way player, and – they just before they went back to the bubble, I believe, uh, signed into a four-year deal. So I mean, he's got uh, he's got that uh, long contract. Yeah, the yeah. long-term uh, contract. You know, so he's he's set for a couple of years. Yeah, and we'll talk about more about the bubble and what's going on around on around the different leagues when we come back. You're listening to Sports Show on U Central Radio ninety-nine point three. Hello and welcome back to the sports show here on 99.3 U Central Radio. I'm Preston Poole alongside Chris Baker. Going to go ahead and finish up our NBA talk here, a little bit about the bubble. Uh, last night we had some series wrap up. Yeah, I think uh, the Miami Heat beat the Indiana Pacers, so they closed out that series. I personally thought when Miami went up 3 nothing, I thought Indiana would actually get a win out of it yeah. but they didn't so i don't know they're two teams now that got swept i think uh, uh brooklyn nets got swept by the toronto raptors I think there was or no no the I nets didn't get swept did they the bucks in yeah Magic it was the phillies to, uh a game five okay uh obviously you said the heat beat the pacers in four um and then obviously Trailblazers Lakers is going to five, uh, and then yeah Philly did get swept and they actually fired their head coach yesterday. Yeah, I saw too. that. That I think that's huge. Um, they've been on the same stick and grind almost for what five six years now. Of- he, he was their coach when they first started the the process. Yeah. So that, that I mean that's how long I think they said seven years. So I think the process is over. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're actually an interesting team. I think that they had pieces at the at the wrong time and the wrong right pieces they didn't have they didn't have the right pieces at the right time they had the right pieces at the wrong time you know they had Jimmy Butler but I don't think Embiid was healthy enough at the time and I don't think Simmons was uh you know developed enough at the time both I don't maturity. think that that tandem right there Embiid Simmons is too uh I don't think they like each other as much as you don't think so might, yeah I think that one of them is probably going to be getting traded I think I actually agree with that. I don't think it's because they don't like each other. I, I just don't think it, they mesh together. Yeah, I don't think true, their yeah. gameplay works together. Um, and Ben Simmons, I will say this, if he ever found his three-point shot or just a long-distance shot in general, I think he would be a lethal player in the league. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Speaking of lethal players, though, Luka Doncic is the future and the now. I mean, he is, he is going off in the bubble. Uh, he's going off in the league in general, but his gameplay in this bubble season, I guess, has just been next level. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, What last game he had, I want to say over 40 or something? Yeah, he had a 40-point triple-double. Yeah. And I think um, he's, like, one of the youngest players to ever do it. He's the youngest player to ever do it. And, I mean, age age aside, that's just an insane stat line to have a 40-point triple-double. I mean, that's just crazy. And what's crazy about Luca is he's been able to do this from in Europe. He did this in Europe, and now he's been able to transition it into the NBA. Uh, to where he, now he's basically become a superstar, and he's, I don't know, what top 10 player in the league? 
for sure. Uh, oh, I would have. You have to almost say that. You yeah. have to almost say he's a top ten player in the league because he's doing things that just no one's ever done. Really, I mean, he's facing playoff P and uh, Kawhi in the Clippers right now, and it's what tied it to a piece. So yeah, that's that's one of my favorite series. I I said before the uh, the actual playoff portion of the bubble started that when they got matched up, I mean that the Dallas Mavericks are probably the most lethal team that isn't the Lakers or the Clippers. I mean, yeah. they're they're just dominant. They're well-rounded. They have and, the number one offense in the league. And um, I think if in him and Dallas getting Porzingis was huge for them as much as it was for Porzingis. I mean, Porzingis needed to get out of New York. New York's a very tough place to play. The media is on you nonstop, and it's hard to play with the media. I would assume. I've never done it, but yeah. I would assume playing with a heavy media onset on your shoulders, nonstop, nagging you about every little thing about your life, whether it's on the court or off, it's just hard to play in New York. Him That's to get to team. Dallas, huge. And then play with, playing with Doncic, even better. I mean, they're just a great duo. And not to mention, when have the Knicks been good? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I never 90s. said the Knicks were yeah. ever good. But, <laughs> but, I mean, just the media alone – Porzingis, Porzingis wasn't fit there. He, he yeah. is very fit in Dallas. Uh, I, I just hope he can stay healthy for, you know, That's a few more years him, yeah. at least. I, I think if him and Doncic can make a run for a couple of years together, I think that's going to be a lethal uh, duo, just a lethal team in general, especially when you're playing the Clippers who have Kawhi. They have Paul George who, yeah, he's struggling, but he's still an elite player. He's still one of the top players in the league. But – I mean, that's just – and they're one of the most defensive uh, – best defensive teams there is. Yeah. So, to be able to play them and just almost dominate them – I mean, I know the series two two to two, but they've been dominating almost all the games. That first game, I think Dallas should have won. Porzingis got uh, booted early. He yep. had two techs. I think if he would have stayed in the game, didn't get those two techs, or at least just didn't get the second one, I think Dallas would have won that game. It would be a 3-1 series right now. Dallas would be sitting pretty to wrap that series up. So I don't know. I think I think Dallas is probably one of the most lethal teams in the in the bubble right now. If they can get past the Clippers, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty fun uh, second round. Yeah, the NBA playoffs down there in Orlando are just they're heating up. Uh, yeah, teams are making it to the second round. Series are either tied or about to be end, ended uh, in game fives. Uh, so NBA's uh, full force right now. What did um, you think of the bubble? How they have it set up? You know, they have the court. Uh, they, I think they're using a couple courts. They're playing in Disney World, but they have the players' distance in their in their respective benches, and the coaches, you know. But then for around the the uh, court, they have virtual fans, virtual, you know, they got the uh, graphics and whatnot that they can throw up. But what did what do you think of that as a viewer, as a fan watching it on TV? What does it feel like for you watching it? Uh, I mean, honestly, it feels like summer league. Uh, if you watch any summer league, yeah. um, but look, I, the NBA, they, clearly they did it right. Yeah, in the bubble, absolutely. Um, I mean, you can look at the MLB; they've had teams pop up with uh, positives. Um, but the team, the leagues that did the bubble, the bubbles, NHL, MLS, NBA, it they've went off without a flaw, basically. Yeah, it's basically been uh, it's showing that that is the setup, if if possible. I mean. For the NBA, it's a little easier than, say, for the NFL to do one. NBA only has, you know, 12 to 15 players, maybe, you know, 20 head coach coaches and staff, 
maybe 30. It's just not it's not as much as like a football team. You got 75 players alone, but not and that's not even including the coaches, yeah. uh, medical staff, and just gear and equipment staff. Uh, the way I saw the bubble for the NBA playing is it almost looks like a they took the court version of NBA 2K and just put live people on there. Yeah, uh, it's pretty. It's different to see. I don't necessarily like how it looks, but the gameplay itself is is not bad. I don't think there's it, been especially like a now that it's yeah. in the playoffs. I don't think there's been a drop off um, in play or like even the home court advantage or anything like that. I think everything's went to yeah. That's another thing. You know, there is no such thing as home court advantage in the bubble because no one's playing at home. Yeah, it's and the, the, it's the same the, court for everyone. The OKC Houston series, both uh, the home teams technically both times have <laughs> yeah. won the game. So, so they did have home court advantage, yeah. I guess, in a little bit. They maybe saw the uh, logos being played put on the floor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the NBA is doing it right in terms of they're at least trying to get the fans involved doing that virtual fan thing. Uh, visually, I don't care for it, but that's not that's not the point. You know, the gameplay and, and aesthetics. <laughs> Are, are two separate things. But the NHL is doing it. I think I think it both looks the best, and they're doing it in, in a cool way. The NHL has a the Western Conference in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and then they have the Eastern Conference in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And that's pretty cool. they got two separate bubbles. They, uh, put the, they put things over the stands, over the seats, to make it just nothing, just graphics, I guess. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, but for gameplay, the NHL has gone off without a hitch too. I think the NHL gameplay has been next level. I think it's been high intensity, um, and almost I think the very first games they played in the bubble, there was fights all day for each <laughs> game, and it's just because the intensity is just so high. People, they're showing it that they do want to play, even though this year is different. Even though it's going to be like, oh, you won the championship in a bubble season, you won it in a shortened season, whatever they want to say. You could look at it two ways. One, they're either they're they're going to try even harder because it is a short season or it is a short playoff that like you can get a championship in this if you just try a little bit harder than the next guy, which is always the case. But you could also look at it like, oh, they're not really going to try because it's not going to matter. I don't think that's the case. I think I think every player from every sport and every team is actually really trying. I really do. No, yeah. If you're out there playing, there, it, you're, obviously you want to be out there <laughs> playing. You know. Uh, so I don't see why someone would even go out there and play if they didn't truly 100% want to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could always say money's a factor and whatnot, yeah, but but at the end of the day, they still got to put their bodies on the line, especially for something like hockey where it's a very physical sport. But it's been going off without a hitch. Baseball and for hockey, I mean, I think, I think there's only a couple teams that are really the top tier. All of them really have a chance, but I think it's Colorado, Philly, Boston – and and that's really about it. I don't I don't really see too many other teams making a push. Um, but going into the baseball, you touched on baseball. They haven't really had much of a hiccup, or they haven't had much of a. They they aren't doing a bubble, but yeah. they they have had hiccups. But they are still pushing along. They are still going through it. They're just reorganizing, doing bubbles and whatnot. And and what are your thoughts on the MLB? I guess. Yeah, um, MLB is crazy. Um, you know, I'm a Cardinals fan, so you know, obviously the Cardinals got hit. I think they were probably one of the worst hit teams. Um, but yeah, we'll get into more MLB talk and uh, some other sports, some local sports here after the break. You're listening to The Sports Show on 99.3 U Central Radio.
Hello and welcome back to the sports show here on 99.3 U Central Radio. I'm Preston Poole alongside Chris Baker. Going to go ahead and wrap up our MLB talk. Uh, MLB just halfway through the season, Chris. Yeah, they are halfway through. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before about how the MLB isn't doing a bubble, but they are doing, you know, kind of a a worked a different, you know, strategy of gameplay in terms of schedules. So they are doing the AL Central and NL Central play each other yeah. where where you're kind of playing your regional areas where you're not flying from East Coast to West Coast or whatever, which is different, but it has caused some controversy in terms of where you look at the NHL and NL and NBA doing bubbles and how that's working. And then you see the MLB traveling, and some teams have had COVID cases come up. And I think that was more of just the MLB didn't have strict guidelines to what players could and couldn't do, so players were still going out and, um, you know, getting drinks at bars and stuff like that after the games. Like, we saw that with the Indians, and they just basically are going to end up having to probably trade or cut, you know, some of their players because the other players are not happy with it. Uh, but that's kind of the situation, like, that's how – I know that that's how the Cardinals got to where they're at at this point. Um, it's yeah, just and the not, Cardinals are your team. Yeah, yeah. You're a fan uh, of them. Big fan of the Cardinals. Uh, so that's how they got to where they're at, kind of just not following the – or the MLB not having strict guidelines on what you should and shouldn't do, kind of like the the bubble te- uh, leaks have. Um, but now the MLB has put in, you know, guidelines where this is what you can and can't do. So I, I think we're going to see the um, – Amount of teams, you know, testing. There's, they'll probably still be positives uh, tests just because they aren't in a bubble uh, and they are flying. Um, but I, th- I think when it comes down to it, you know, now I think that they've been through that with, you know, the Marlins first and the Cardinals. Uh, the MLB knows now how to handle a team-wide breakout. Yeah, and I think when they saw what happens with the Miami Marlins, you know, that was almost at the start of the season. I think it was like a week and a half after. That, was that I think, kind of sent a shockwave of like, oh, wow, we do have to take this seriously. As a league, I think the league saw that. Yeah. I don't think they're taking it too, too serious. Like, I don't think they're taking it as serious as, like, the NBA, obviously. They're doing it the best, I think. NBA and NHL are – are you know setting the precedent for going forward how how this is going to happen in the future um but around the league for the mlb it's kind of a different site i mean obviously it's a different the season's just totally different it's not the same uh some players aren't playing there are players that are playing and some teams are struggling with how the the work you know the schedule is yeah but you know, one thing that's interesting is teams that might not have had a chance in a normal season kind of do have a chance. It's a 60-game sprint to the end, to the playoffs. So all you got to do is put put out that, you know, good two, three months of gameplay, and, yeah, and you're going to make the playoffs and make a run. I think so, a team like the San Diego Padres, where they've just been on the back burner for hold so on, hold many on. years. It's Slam Diego. Slam Diego Padres. <laughs> I'm sorry. They had, like, four straight games with a grand slam. I think yeah. it's the first time ever in history. Or maybe just one of the one of the times in, ever in history, um, but yeah, the Slam Diego Padres. I mean, they're only four games back in the West behind the Dodgers. They have a real shot at making the playoffs. And someone like them, even or the uh, Braves and the Marlins. Mar- yeah, the Marlins. They're a the game Marlins, and a half back of the Braves right now. Yeah, the Marlins, the uh, the Oakland Athletics, and the Twins. The Twins, I think, were the worst team. Last year, if not a year or two ago, I think it's, last year they hit the most home runs. Um, 
ever, I think, by a team. So I think it was a year before. Okay, so it was a year before yeah. that they were like the they were like the worst team in the league, and and now they're kind of coming around. But like I said, this year it's like it's just a sprint. So if you could put out sixty good games. And obviously, you're going to drop a few here and there. But if you just put out a well-rounded 60 games, you're going to make the playoffs, even if you might not have made it in a regular 162 and, game uh, season. They have the um, more playoff teams this year in the MLB too, so it's going to have more chances for teams. Okay, to I, so take, what is it? Is it uh, all the division champs and then two wild cards or I, three? I believe it's two or three. Yeah, two? I'm not 100, percent but yeah. So there, there's opportunity for more teams to make it in. Uh, and teams like like the Cardinals, they've only played 18 games, whereas other the other teams are getting up on 30 games right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so the Cardinals are having to play a lot of double headers, which now those double headers are only seven inning games. Yeah, um, that is different too. Yeah. When you, I mean, if you stack up double headers, especially when it is it is a sprint, and it, the more double headers you have, the less days off you're going to have towards the end of this season and those days off going to the playoffs even if it's just one day a week or two days a week it's huge for your pitching it's huge for your bullpen I mean once you get into the playoffs you're going to be using your bullpen probably every game you know because you, you just want to have those fresh arms you want every game you want to win it's not like the regular season even though this season's not regular you want to win every single game in the playoffs you don't want to drop a single one so uh, getting those rest days are going to be huge. So if, if the Cardinals can make the playoffs, it's going to be interesting to see for from them how tired they are, how they're affected, if they're fatigued or whatnot. But, yeah, those doubleheaders. And they're doing good at them. They're yeah. doing good at the doubleheaders. Yeah, um, I believe they've won three in a row now. So on a roll here uh, to see what they can do. Yeah, so moving on from baseball, we'll talk a little bit about local sports. So Preston has the – uh, great opportunity of calling games for Blanchard High School football. Is that right? You're doing yeah. color or play-by-play? Play-by-play. Uh, play-by-play. So you were recently at a game, right? They had a game. Can you give us a little bit of experience on that? What was it like to see a live sports again, uh, sporting event during a time like this where the, not many people get to see live sports right now? Yeah, no, it was crazy. It was In my person. first. Uh, yeah, it was my first live sporting event since uh, UCO softball in the spring before everything got shut down. So I was very intrigued to see, you know, how was social distancing being applied? You know, were people wearing masks? How many people were going to be in attendance? Um, just because, you know, just that's that's the place in the world that we're in right now. Um, and it went down to Chickasha to watch – Ardmore, Chickasha, and Blanchard all in like a, a scrimmage type thing, um, and I for the this part of the country, uh, I think it was about as expected as what I I thought it would be. Um, business is not usual, so of. it was packed stands. I, I wouldn't say packed because it was raining, so okay, that, okay. that had a, a a damper on things. But there there were probably about five hundred people there. Okay. Um, so was it distance? What were people kind of crowded up? What? How did it go in I, that I, sense? Yeah, I, it just depends. Uh, some people were, you know, off to the side. Some people were down on the track. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably just how their personal preference towards the situation yeah. was. Yeah. Interesting. So how, what's what's your thoughts on you know football going forward for the fall for local high school sports? I mean, I mean, as far as I've heard, uh, it's it's full blast. You know. Uh, just going to get into it. I know some teams uh, have moved their senior night up to the first game okay. of the season. Just in uh, case. Just in case. You know, who, who knows if you're going to get it to senior night. Um, that was a big thing with the spring sports. You never got to senior night or anything like that. Didn't get to finish your season. Uh, so you, you never know how that's going to go. So some teams are doing that. Uh, I know at Blanchard they don't have the, the option to do that because they're 
currently in the process of finishing up their new stadium. Oh. Um, so they're going to have to start playing their games on the road until this stadium is finished. Uh, so unfortunately, that won't be the thing. But I think we're going to get into it. Uh, I don't know how far we'll get into the season. Uh, is I mean, that was kind of the question with any of the sports. Yeah, it's really with on. every sport yeah. for every level. Yeah, if, both professional from all the way at the top, all the way down to you know the most amateur level. Yeah, and you know these kids aren't getting uh, paid to do it. It's the same issue that you're having with college. Um, but of course, the kids want to get out there and play, and I, I don't blame them. If I was their age, uh, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd want to get out there and play. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I don't. I don't. put it. It is what it is. You know. Yeah, and and our producer Brady actually had some information he, for us uh, at the beginning of this that I wanted him to share with us. So yeah, what, he what does, was your, uh, your thoughts on the high school sports or what was that little information you had? Yeah, um, I'm actually the play-by-play guy for the score to live stream for my old high school, which is Chisholm High School in Enid, Oklahoma. Go Longhorns. But um, I am. I was told by friends that I still have there in high school, I didn't get told this yet by the athletic director who I talked to, is Joey Reiner, that they're moving the game – this week from a home game to Chisholm to Perkins. This is going to be their first game of the season. Apparently the scrimmages and everything went great. I didn't get to attend that. There were no hiccups there, but due to Chisholm's COVID protocol, they had an issue with someone hit a certain level or something happened, and they had to move the home game from Chisholm to Perkins. So I don't know if this is broad spectrum for all high schools, but I'm sure that all high schools will be lenient to it. OSSAA will be lenient to it, but just moving sites if need be, with certain COVID protocols. And I think yeah. that's kind of the, the plan, actually, is just, uh, you know, if you do end up having an outbreak on in your school, I think that, you know, it's probably best to move your game away that week to uh, a different site or maybe even just postpone it, you know, for another week until you can maybe get your players tested. Or, Absolutely. Uh, I think being like flexible is like, I think that's the term for like every aspect, not just sports, but like every single aspect of life in 2020 and probably going forward is you just have to be flexible from your day-to-day schedule to sports shows, to sporting events, to educational uh, events to education itself, like every aspect of life, businesses, they all just have to be flexible because at this point, things could all of a sudden go back to being closed or maybe they, you know, obviously this is probably a long-term thing, but hopefully they open back up. This That's obviously a goal yeah. for everyone, but you just have to remain flexible. You never know what you need to, to adapt to. Yeah, I think flexibility is the big thing with uh, colleges and stuff like that. And uh, we'll actually get into some college football. We've got OSU and OU still scheduled to play their Big 12 schedules this year. Uh, And we'll get more into that into our last segment here on the Sports Show on 99.3 U Central Radio. All right, welcome on back to the Sports Show on U Central Radio 99.3. I'm your host, Chris Baker, with Preston Poole yet again. And we're back to talking about football. We're going to get right into football. I mean, college football is right around the corner, even though it's kind of not, right, Preston? I mean, yeah. there's there's only three of the Power 5 teams playing this year, the Big 12, SEC, and ACC, with the ACC having the addition of Notre Dame. But they actually canceled their practices last week, so I don't know how that stands right now. But what are, what are your thoughts of the uh, college football season as it stands right now and, and as we get closer to the start of what is the college football season for 2020? Yeah, I mean, obviously you got to be excited. We're 
we're here where we're at in Edmond. We're in deep Big 12 country. Yeah, um, heavy Big 12. Um, so, you know, football is is like a way of life around here. we got to have our football. Um, and I, I'm super pumped for football. It doesn't matter what level it is. But college football is, you know, that's it's a different environment around college football. It really is. Um, I think when when school starts up in the fall every year, you know, that first week, even once you get that sense of like, all right, if you have kids that are in college, if you have friends that are in college, if you yourself are in college, if you just follow college sports, once that time period gets around where it's like mid-August, yeah. you get that feeling of, wow, it's really hot, but like it's about to not be hot anymore yeah. in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you know that college football is just in the air. Football itself is in the air. But this year, the air is different, you know. The, air's, yeah. the air is thin. We only got three of the Power Five. My team's not playing. The Buckeyes aren't playing this year because of the Big Ten. They canceled the season or postponed, as they like to say. Same with the Pac-12. Uh, I think it's just going to be really weird. They're not doing too many. I don't know about the Big 12. I think they're doing one out-of-conference game. Yep. Um, but they're not doing a NCAA playoff championship this year, which well, is going to I, be weird. I think that's, that's going to be more uh, – the college football playoff is different from the NCAA so they'll still probably have the college football playoff. Really? Um, yeah, I just don't know how how that's going to go. Interesting. Um, and even like now that students are getting back on campus at all these colleges, you're seeing you know outbreaks within students. Uh, I know just down the road, OU just had uh, I believe right now they have 17 positives on their team. Uh, so obviously that's not good. Um, but you know it's. Kind of one of those things. They're college kids. They're gonna want to go out and hang out with their friends. There's, yeah, I, mean, I think I think that's just an innate thing in human nature. Is like kids get to college, they want to they want to go out and have a good time. They want to meet people. They want to hang first, out. Their first time, more than likely, being away from their parents. Yeah, they want to go out li- and live their life. You know, have a little fun. and just see what life is like. And you can't blame them. You know, uh, but again, you know, if you do want to have you know the college season. Some of that stuff has got to be dialed back a little bit. Yeah, you have to be mindful of the situation. You got to read the, read the room, and whatnot. But I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out. You know, it's like I said, it's only the three Power Five teams. I think also the AAC is playing the American Athletic Conference. I think they are playing, but it's going to be interesting to see how teams do just play or do handle that only in conference gameplay, like someone like Bama. Alabama is going to be playing all SEC teams this year, whereas in years past, they play a handful of SEC teams, but then their out-of-conference games are usually an easy win for them. I mean, albeit they're out-of-conference, they might be on the road, but they're usually a pretty easy win for them. This year, not going to happen. Every SEC team is going to be playing an SEC team. Yeah. Every Big 12 team is playing the, another Big 12 team which, with a yeah. out-of-conference, which I don't know. What's OU doing for their out-of-conference? Uh, Missouri State. They had them, they had them already scheduled uh, on the schedule. Uh, and then once they uh, – obviously, I saw that. If, I actually remember. I guess yeah. I'm Obviously, if they wanted to pick one of their non-conference games to keep, it would have been Tennessee – but since the SEC, you know, said only they're only playing conference games, that one got kicked out. And then um, the Army game, they were supposed to go travel to Army, uh, which that would have been a, a cool game right there. Yeah. Um, but that got canceled, so they, they just stuck it with uh, Missouri State, who they were supposed to play the first game anyway. I saw something, and I, I didn't confirm it because I think I saw it from, like, a Bleacher Report-type deal or something. But I think I saw the, that OU is paying Missouri State or Missouri Southern, whatever it is, to play them 
And it's their only game of the season. Yeah, it's no, Missouri it's, State, uh, it's their only game. I think Missouri State might have added like another game. Oh, okay, uh, just just because. But yeah, uh, from what I understand, I I think OU is actually paying. F- like they said, if you want to play us, you have to go by our testing protocol and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, as usual, OU's paying them probably you know a lot of money just to come into Norman and. Uh, uh, you know, take a beating. What is what's your projection for? What's your projection for the Big Twelve and the OU season? Oh man, I think <laughs> as normal, you know, OU is that that top tier team in the conference, and then you have you know an Oklahoma State and a Texas down there, you know, one tier below them. So I think you know if you're OU, if you don't make it to the Big Twelve championship game, then obviously your season's a bust, just because they've made it there the past. It's, it's usually championship or bust for them. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think OSU is a uh, is a really good team this year. I think they're going to be better than they were last year, and probably better than they were in years past. They got some returning starters, uh, mainly Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard's coming back. That's huge. I think uh, having having that run game. Spencer Sanders going to have another year under his belt, another year uh, of off season practice and whatnot. I'll be. I mean, the season off season practice this year has been a little weird. Yeah. Um, but I think I think OSU is going to give. OU a run for their money in terms of conference record and whatnot because that's all they're going off of is conference. I think I think at the end of the year it's going to be OU OSU in the Big Twelve Championship. Uh, yeah, Brady, what did you have for us? Yeah, I was looking at the uh, OU Missouri State stat line. You guys are looking for apparently the payout before the season even started because a lot of these Power Fives will pay these FCS schools yeah. for basically buying a win. Yeah. Other than 08 Michigan versus Appalachian State, which is easily the greatest football game of all time. You're right. But they were scheduled, slated to pay 600000 to Missouri State, and this is per the Sooners Wire on USA Today Sports. Um, but they also reported that if the game gets canceled, Missouri State will say null and void and not accept any money because it was no issue. As for the Missouri State, um, that being their only game, it doesn't say, but that's just what I found there on USA Today Sports. Awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, moving on from Big 12, we got uh, ACC talk. I want to talk a little about about the ACC. It's going to be interesting for Clemson. You know, this is Trevor Lawrence's probably last year. I would go out on a limb and say this is 100% Trevor Lawrence's last year. I mean, I don't think that's a hot take or anything, but this probably is last year. Um, and it's got it's going to be different for them, but they do have a contender in there this year. Uh, other than the uh, original ACC teams, it's Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is always usually pretty good. I'm not the biggest Notre Dame fan. I'm actually not a Notre Dame fan at all, but they are a decent team. They are usually pretty tough to play. Clemson's finally got that that uh, that str- struggle on their schedule, even though they usually struggle with Syracuse. Yeah, and and Clemson, you know. Obviously, they have the best player in the country, Trevor Lawrence. Um, uh, arguably. Justin yeah. Fields is up there. Yeah, that's true, but he's not playing this season. Yeah, so. dang it. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, Notre Dame joining the ACC, I think that's something that probably should have happened anyways. I don't understand why Notre Dame doesn't just join a, a conference. I think it has to do with the NBC contract that they that's have. True, they don't yeah. need the conference. But it is weird because their basketball team is part of the ACC. Yeah. So it's just their football team that's independent. Yeah, it's actually kind of weird for all the independent teams. For teams like BYU, I think they had talks about joining the Big 12 I think, for the yeah, year. And I think that that's one of the things that they might have been trying to do even back when realignment first started was trying to sneak into the Big 12. Um, if you're the Big 12, I don't see a reason why you even no, – no need to bother with that at this moment. Yeah. You know? uh, because 
uh, realignment is coming in the next four to five years anyways once the granite rights are up. So I don't think there's any need to even mess with trying to add another team just for one year, just like uh, you heard Nebraska once it came out through the Big Ten. wasn't going to play. Nebraska was trying to find somewhere else to play. Yeah, they're um, trying to come back home to the Big 12, huh? Yeah, which, hey, I, I'd let them – they can come back any day they want, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it's at this moment since at that point we were, what, a month away from the season. Now we're two, three weeks. Actually, they might have moved it. Now to where we're about a month, three weeks away from the season. Um, it's just not enough time to to yeah. logistically work that out. The, Notre Dame and the ACC was more of they had already had some type of because Notre Dame plays a bunch of those ACC teams. Anyway, yeah, they so already they, usually have them on yeah. their schedule. Yeah, they play like Florida State. Um, I think they play Pitt, yeah. even though Pitt I don't think is ACC. But you know they they have a plethora of teams in that that region that they play already yeah but yeah so i mean college football like you said it starts in a couple of weeks they actually yeah. most teams pushed back their seasons obviously they're not doing conference or non-conference play other than the one for big 12 so they didn't need to start in Aug- the end of august because it, you're just yeah you two less games on your schedule or three less games in some cases and that gives them more wiggle room if you know uh, you know, an outbreak happens that gives them more room to push the game back. You know, maybe a couple uh, of weeks. Um, and the, actually, the AP Top Twenty Five just dropped uh, yesterday. If you want to talk about that, yeah, real quick. hit yeah. me with it. I think uh, I do know that they had to take in consideration even the teams that weren't playing. Yeah, so and, they did yeah. take into consideration the teams from Big Ten and Pac Twelve and a few others, but. I think that's only for the preseason ranking. I don't yeah. think that include. I don't think that's going to stick going forward. I think going forward, it's just the teams that play. Uh, but yeah, give us hit us with some top ten. Brady, can you hit us with the top ten? Um, one through ten, you got Clemson one, Bama two, Georgia three, LSU four, Florida Gators at five, Sooners at six, Notre Dame at seven, Auburn at eight, Texas at nine, A and M at ten, and I'm pretty sure those are. I don't know if so. They maybe were, they didn't I don't take know if in. They, which which uh, North Carolina is in here at, in number eleven. So this is what, still what side are you looking at? This is um, MSN, uh, MSN NBC. Okay, all right. Uh, Fresh, uh, hit us with the AP. I, yeah, AP is a little different than yeah, that. Yeah, I think AP uh, had to stick this with is, the teams. This says preseason AP top twenty-five poll. Hmm. Uh, oh, at twenty twenty uh, rankings prediction without Big Ten Pac twelve. Oh, uh, okay, me. okay. Here's the the AP with uh, with all the teams in. Yeah, there. Yeah, this is I think the official one. Um, Clemson number one, Ohio State two, Bama three, Georgia four, OU five, LSU six, Penn State seven, Florida at eight, Georgia at nine, and then Notre Dame at ten to round out the top ten. So a solid top ten right there. Of course, some of those teams aren't going to play because of um, their conferences uh, canceling. Yeah, um, they shut down. So, so um, if you look at that, the top five would be Clemson one, Bama two, Georgia three, OU four, LSU at uh, number five. So yeah, well, that about wraps it up for our first show, Preston. I think it goes goes to say that we're going to be covering sports hopefully throughout the season, but that there's a potential that we won't. Yeah, uh, and, so we'll uh, do, we'll be covering on and off the the field and yeah, court. For sure, yeah. Right, so thanks for listening to the sports show on U Central Radio 99.3. I was your host, Chris Baker, with my co-host, Preston Poole. Be sure to follow us on U Central Radio or at U Central Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. You can follow myself at The Bake Is Here, Preston Poole. 
is at Preston Pool 405. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you next week. See you.